We are in Georgia um, living at our parents' houses right now, eight minutes away from each other. Um, and I came over today to do a little intro to our amazing episode that we have dropping today and um, to do a few other podcast things that we needed to get done. Side note, Mackie showed up to my house and we're wearing the same exact thing. Wearing the same thing. Braids and our new hat that is launching in like probably like five or six days. We don't have a date. We don't have a date right now. It's probably. basically probably like January 5th. Should we go with that? Sure. What day of the week is that? Did you get the Vista print going? No, I thought you were doing that. Oh. We don't know when they're dropping. January 5th is the goal. Okay. We have seen um, some things going around TikTok the past few days that we obviously need to speak on because, you know, we sometimes talk pop culture on here. <laughs> and that thing being, and if you haven't seen it, you're living under a rock. Um, Simone Biles' husband went on a podcast and said that he didn't know who Simone Biles was. They met on Raya um, and she liked him and she drove 45 minutes to go on a first date with him. And he was just saying, you know, he's the prize. The men are the catch, yada, yada, yada. And he had no idea who she was. She, he just saw that she had a lot of followers and he was like, oh, she must be good. Um, no, I think he's definitely like a total asshole and also just like, but I was, I was looking at all of it and I kind of think that's maybe how their relationship is. Like, I think it's kind of possibly just kind of like a joking matter. Like, I don't think she is going to divorce him through that because oh, of this. No, no, no. And like, that's the problem is because she is like, I don't know why everyone's so pissed off about it. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, we're She probably we're likes fine. that. To be honest, like she probably likes a man putting her in her place, but it's not putting in your place when you're literally the number one gymnast in the entire world. Like you're known globally. Yes. Yeah, your husband shouldn't be putting you down like that. Right. But I think she maybe liked that. I think she maybe liked somebody who wasn't like bow down to the queen. Somebody who was kind of like, who okay, like, girl, I'm the like, catch. Yeah, I think that she kind of likes that. But as a woman, like you are the catch. I'm, I'm she, surprised yes, that this is your take I, on this, honestly. Yeah, I know. But I just kind of think I, I don't think the way that he spoke about it on the podcast was at all OK. But I think behind closed doors, like she kind of liked chasing. Yeah. And I think that that is like the problem that she doesn't realize that like he like that is so. Yeah, it's, it's not just, too good. It's not good that he's speaking about <laughs> her like that. Like, babe, you've got to know your worth. You have to know that you're the number one athlete gymnast in the world. And like, she knows. It's just really bizarre to me. I don't know. I think that no matter if you're the number one gymnast in the world or not, he should still be saying you're the catch, you're the prize. Right. Not I'm the catch, I'm the prize. Like no, if someone yeah. was saying that about this, me, I'd be this, like, hello. This much later and like they're married and now like he should be like the chase is over, babe. And like all of that's over, like no more of that. And I think he should be kind of praising her a little bit more in the public and in private. Yes, like, I don't think he said a single thing about like how beautiful she is and her personality yeah. and how much she like, was, it was there at the podcast though. And she was laughing a little bit. Yeah, and that's the problem. Like, it's not... I don't know. I mean, their relationship is their relationship. And I saw a TikTok of a guy being like, but is Simone mad? Is she mad? And, like, the answer is no. But, like, all the comments were like, that is the problem. That's, like, what we're trying to say is that, like, that it's just not... 
It's yeah. Not good. I think I she's having it. a hard time with all of the press about this though. Like obviously. Like that's so hard to just have like she she just got married, had a beautiful wedding, and all of the f- the whole world is like shitting on her husband. Like she has to just be in a ball crying. I mean, she posted that she's unbothered and she's like mood. Oh, she did do that. She was she like, said, Are y'all done yet? Yeah, and it's I feel bad for the girl, honestly. I really do. I think it's really sad that he is speaking about her the way that he is and saying like like first of all why the fuck are you driving 45 minutes to go see him on the first date she said i like what i like and i know what i like okay i'm really surprised that this is your take on it. i don't really i'm not i'm not either side i'm not like for the guy at all i'm just kind of like i think it's probably no surprise to her based on probably their relationship that he did act that way and say things like that it's probably not the first time he said it oh, no. or the first Definitely time not. she's heard it. Definitely not. But I yeah, know. I mean, he he didn't seem like the nicest guy I would want to be with. Yeah. I mean, it's just another insecure man out there, you guys. So yeah, he did seem a little insecure. What do y'all think? <laughs> they probably think that he sucks. And like, I do too. But I... I'm just saying Travis Kelsey would never. He's out here talking about how amazing Taylor is. Yeah, he would never. He would absolutely never. Because he never he's be like, confident. I'm the coach. Yeah, I mean, exactly. it's, it's That's hilarious. Because like, yeah, we don't even know that. I don't know that guy's name. Simone's yeah. husband. Everyone's just calling him Simone Biles' husband. Yeah, and I don't know him. It's just so hilarious to me that people on TikTok that are like asking their husbands, like, do you know who Simone Biles is? And they're like, obviously, like, isn't she the most decorated Olympian like of all time? And... They were like, yeah, do you know who her husband is? And they're like, oh, she's married? I have no idea. Yeah, that part's funny. That part is funny. Um, No, I mean, mean, she's the queen at the end of the day in the United States and globally. So (laughs) I love her. Um, But you guys, DM us your thoughts because Mackie and I feel like have different takes on this one. And I'm surprised about it. But I think at the end of the day, you still think that like she is the prize and he shouldn't have said that. So I do. But I just think that she's used to it and like she she knew who she was marrying yeah Yeah. well um that's that's great so we're really excited today because we have on a very special guest um her name is sarah smith she also has a podcast we did a little podcast swap which was really fun yes we Recorded with Sarah. She came on ours. We went on hers. She is an entrepreneur. She lives in Colorado. Um, she started this company uh, creating jewelry while she was in college at Auburn her senior year. And it's just kind of blown up. And she's kind of made it into ex- what she wants based on like living in Colorado. Like she does a lot of things with ski club type of thing. So y'all will have to listen and follow her and check out her page to learn more. But she is 29 and I've looked up to her for as long as I can remember. Well, since I was in college, actually, Um, she's had a platform for a while. So yeah, Mackie was really excited about this episode. So was I, but like Mackie's been like, Oh my God, like I've been so inspired by Sarah, like my whole life. Like I guess, and you'll hear all of this in the episode because we were kind of fangirling over her, but Mackie was like losing it. She was like, she's so creative. And I just remember when she came to the Kappa Delta house at Tennessee and talked, like I was the first one there. And Sarah's really good friends with my cousins. We have a lot of connections with her. Also, these hats that we're wearing right now. Yes. Our hats are created by her. Yes. So she does our merch or just our hats. 
hats actually, but um, she's been great to work with. She does like custom stuff. She has her own huge line of merch and a podcast. She's really just like killing it. Um, and we're super excited that we got the chance to interview her. Um, yeah. Of course, we ask her a lot of personal dating questions, especially as she's going into her 30s. Like, what like what the fuck is up so um yeah i think it's cool like she doesn't keep her business just with the jewelry like she's expanded it so much and mm-hmm. that's been cool and yeah she is a single queen and 29 so it was really awesome to hear her take on how life is going that being said please enjoy the episode with sarah smith this podcast is brought to you by inspire design story If there's one thing about us, it's that we wear our gold basket hoops. We wear them every day and everywhere that we go. And you guys, listen to this. So we love this brand so much, we even got to design our own collection with them. You guys can go check out our collection at idoriginals.com. And for 20% off, use our code. Love you, bye. That's L-O-V-E-Y-O-U-B-Y-E. And you guys can also find the link to their website in our bio. Love you, bye. Bye. We like bicker a lot, Sarah. Oh, that's okay. Not really. Oh, with that, I mean, but I'm also like a big like shit talker. So like <laughs> we just like talk shit all day. But we'll like bicker about things. I live with four girls, actually. Oh my god! Wait, yeah. I was gonna ask you if you lived alone. I feel like I thought you lived alone. Oh, baby, wow. no. I live in Breckenridge <laughs> on the mountains, so I cannot afford to live by myself. Yeah. I cannot believe you live in Breckenridge. I've been there, obviously, as a tourist one time, and it's so cute. No way! Like, restaurants. Like, oh, yeah. No, it's so fun. Christmas lights. Do you go out, like, a lot for dinner or not really? Um, I will say, I don't know. So Breckenridge, in comparison to, like, you know, there's like Vail, Aspen, Keystone, Steamboat. Like, there's so many little ski towns. And I lived in Denver for a couple of years before moving out to Breck. Um, Breck, though, is really fun because it's super young and there's so many like bars and like things to do and go out in. So I feel like I'm similar where like I definitely don't drink as much as I used to. You'll always see me out, but I more so do mushrooms, I feel like, than like drink copious amounts of alcohol all the time. Um, but I still do and get violently hungover, like you said. Like, I feel like my hangovers are what age me the most like that's what I'm like fuck I can't do this like I used to (laughs) um but there are a lot of really cute like restaurants and bars I will say Colorado in general like when you think of like a Nashville or an Atlanta they have such amazing food but Colorado isn't really known for its food like I'm not really a foodie I'm like pretty much good with whatever but my friends that like love going to new restaurants and like that kind of vibe are like so disappointed by Denver's cuisine or Colorado's in general. Whereas I'm like, if it's a good vibe, I'm happy. Yeah. I think that's pretty much the same for us. We're not big foodies. Like we'll just eat whatever. Yeah. Yeah. One thing on the menu and be like, perfect. It was amazing because I didn't have to make it. Yeah, no, exactly. I'm just happy with anything. I feel like we, we go out a decent amount, definitely with it being winter now and it being like so cold, like, yesterday or the day before um my roommate and I were gonna go to the gym and it was like pouring snow and like windy and we're like nah maybe not (laughs) because we don't live in town like the way Brecker just set up the ski mountain is like above town sometimes the base of the ski mountain like is the town everywhere set up pretty differently so we could walk into town in the summer but in the winter we can't 
and there's like buses and stuff and we all have our cars too but I feel like that it'll kind of make us like stay in more during the week like we won't just like casually go out to dinner as much because we're like do we want to go outside and it gets dark so early yeah when when did you move to Denver and why so I moved to Denver in 2020. Um, I graduated with Jada uh, from oh. Auburn. Uh, she might have done a victory lap, actually. So, but we like were you know in the same class. Um, but I moved to Atlanta like right after college. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I was going to school for occupational therapy, bilingual occupational therapy, actually. And I started Ron Rebellious, um, which is the company that I have now in college my senior year so it kind of snowballed and took off my senior year I was like making jewelry out of my apartment Jada was definitely one of my first customers back in (laughs) in the day and um I just kind of moved to Atlanta because I'm from Madison Alabama a smaller town knew I didn't want to go home and all my college friends were in Atlanta like everyone from Auburn I feel like was from Atlanta and so it was just like college 2.0 which was so much fun and like I'm so thankful that I moved somewhere where all my college friends were right after college because I think it really solidified those friendships for me. Like as we get older and people are getting married and things are changing, I feel like they are such constants in my life. Like even if we go months without talking, I'll always be close with them. But I also think I kind of outgrew it in a sense and it was just like wanting more. Like I was not depressed, but I definitely like didn't feel great about like myself and like my body and I wasn't really meeting new people because we knew so many people and had like such a solid friend group that we just kind of like did the same thing with the same people all the time. And I loved them so much, but I also just felt like I wanted more and like didn't want to black out at Lady Bird and at Buckhead at Buckhead bars every single weekend. I wanted to, you know, try something new. And so to answer your question why I moved to Denver, it was just somewhere where I didn't know anyone at all. And I really wanted to start fresh. And I liked the possibility of hobbies and like doing things outdoors and doing things other than just like going to the same bars every weekend with the same people. And I didn't really, my parents are super outdoorsy. They love to ski, hike, camp, all that. I was never into that. Like we were not a skiing family because they tried to take us once and we were little and I bitched so hard. We never went again. <laughs> and so I wasn't into like any of that, but I wanted to, I was like curious. I was like, okay. I was thinking Austin, Nashville, Charleston, or Denver. And I knew people in all of the other cities other than Denver. Um, And so that's kind of what pushed me to go. And then lived in Denver for a couple years and did ski shares where essentially you rent a house with like a shit ton of your friends that live in Denver in the mountains for ski season. And you all like live essentially in a fraternity house for like three to four months just so that you can like ski and like be in the mountains. So I did that for two ski seasons and loved being out in the mountains in the summer and like hiking and camping and fell in love with skiing and then decided to move out here full time in July. Wow. Last time we were just talking in our last episode um, about breakups and I was dating a guy. I just started dating him and I was already going to do these like ski shares. I ended up doing the ski shares with him. So I'm in a house with like eight to 10 people and it's not a house made for eight to 10 people. Also mm-hmm. living with a guy that I just started dating in a room with all of these people surrounding in, in our house in Brackenridge. Literally the walls were like paper thin. Like I could hear my roommate snoring and like breathing. Like he would like knock oh, and like talk to me God. through the wall. 
So, like, imagine, like, navigating a new relationship. Yeah. Mackie, I know you said y'all dated for, like, under a year, you and your ex, and then moving into a house with them with, like, yeah. a million people around at all times. It was – So many other people. A lot, a lot. Oh but, like, also so fun. <laughs> so fun, I'm feeling. Oh, my God. I mean, even when you're in it, I mean, it's so chaotic. You don't have your own room. You don't have any of your stuff because you're in an Airbnb. Like, I didn't have half of my clothes. Like, all my shit was either, like, in Denver in, like, someone's basement or, like, in a suitcase somewhere. Like, all my stuff was just everywhere. It was so chaotic. But, like, that's what I kept telling myself. Like, this is so fun. I'm living with, like, 10 guys and girls in the mountains. And we have, like, tons of visitors coming up every single weekend. We're skiing every day. We're, like, just, like, fucking off. And, like, life just is not real. Like, it was so much fun. That is no. so fun. I love that experience. It's like camp. I would fucking love Literally. That. It's, like camp. it's like college camp. Yeah, it's college camp. Yeah. Oh, that is so funny. Wait, okay, so are these how are you guys working is what what my mind goes to. I know you like do do you're an entrepreneur, but what mm-hmm. about people that want their jobs in these houses? So <laughs> like, I have a job. Yeah, no, it was it was it was stressful for sure. Um so there's this company out here called Gravity House and they have locations in pretty much all the ski towns and it's like a membership thing and it's like Soho House essentially, like it's at the base of the mountain. You can get a membership. They have like a workspace, coffee shop, mm-hmm. restaurant, gym, cold plunge, sauna, like all this stuff. And so all of my roommates pretty much got Gravity House memberships. So they would go and work there. And it was at the base of the mountain. So like say they had like an hour in between meetings, they could leave their laptop and like go ski for an hour and then come back, take their meeting, that kind of thing. So that's like the pull with the it. membership too. <laughs> What are you doing? I'm freaking the fuck out, except I'm terrible at skiing. Like, no, literally so I, fucking seems bad. Like you didn't Bro, know I didn't ski. When I moved here, ask Jada. She came and visited me the first year I lived out here. I had skied maybe, like, twice in my life. I was fucking awful. I tore my ACL my first ski season out here because I was just, like, bombing oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, oh, my God. It was brutal. I, I learned a lot from it, like, mentally, but, like, I went through the ringer. And I was, like, a terrible skier when I moved out here. And then I – Are you good now? I, 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 oh, am I a good skier? I'm freaking trying. I'm trying to learn how to ski backwards and do some tricks this year. So I'll – Shut um, the fuck up. No, I Shut like, the fuck up. Sarah, I literally feel like you, like, ski, like, with, like, no pants on. And it's, like, you take content and it's so fucking <laughs> <laughs> And I'm, like, I have Yes, dude. Are you I'm freezing? obsessed with that. Am I what? Freezing? Um, well, anytime, anytime I ski with no pants on, it's like for content or it's like spring skiing, which is when it's like pretty warm out and people just ski in like speedos and robes and like banana costumes (laughs) and like everyone just like fucked up on the mountain. Like, and it's like slush. I'm losing my mind. This is crazy. Yeah. It's a whole nother culture out here. It's actually insane. And especially like I'm from the South too. So I never grew up doing any of this stuff and moving out here. It's been, like, such a culture shift. I mean, I think I've grown and changed a ton, like we just talked about, you know, within my 20s. And I've learned a lot about myself. But I think living out here has given me such a freedom to, like, figure out who I want to be and kind of, like, almost try on, like, different personalities and masks because everyone – it's such a melting pot, so everyone's coming from everywhere. There's so many different kinds of people. But what's nice, especially out in the mountains, is, like, everyone, I feel like, prioritizes – just playing outside and like their inner child. So like, rather than like focusing on climbing the corporate ladder, it's like, okay, let me get a job that I can like have flexibility with so that I can like 
go ski for two hours on a Tuesday. Do you know what I mean? It's like everyone's, everyone's always trying to find the next break in their schedule to like get outside, which is just so refreshing. I feel so like refreshing. I love yeah. that. Same. We are, we spend way too many fucking minutes inside of bars. Well, I, I, I still do that too, do. but <laughs> I'm not, like, you're going to say like in the office. No, no. I'm saying <laughs> Like, like on Sundays or something, like people in Nashville on Sundays are just having over people watching movies, you know, like because mm-hmm. it's really too cold. Like, I'm like, we need to go outside more. I've been wanting to do that. I do get Maybe. in this, like, yeah, she I doesn't get, go outside. I, I, no, it's just like it's a seasonal thing for me. Like, I yeah. just, like, fucking hate. I think that's the only thing that would hold me back from moving somewhere like Denver is that I hate the cold. Like, I even going to school in Kentucky, like when it would snow, I would, li- it's too cold. Like, I hate the cold so much but yeah. I mean if you add skiing to it that sounds really fun but I just like get into these like seasonal where I'm like I like have such a hard time working out in the winter because I can't yeah. fucking get myself to get the fuck up out of bed and go to the gym because it's freezing cold and I have to sit in my car to defrost it for so long and it's like uh-huh. it's just like ridiculous and I'd rather just like snuggle up in bed and get up when I have to go to work so totally. I just I think the coldness for me is one thing but like I feel like we definitely need to go like on a trip and go try it for sure. No, y'all definitely need to come out. Maybe I'll move out of Nashville ever, but like this is almost like the first time. <laughs> and I'm not wanting to move anymore. Mackie went, like we went through this whole thing where Mackie was like, let's just move to Hawaii. Like, let's just go. And I'm I like, did. dude, I, I can't just pick up my life and go when I have zero money and a full-time job. Like, what am I going to do? This yeah. is why I need the podcast to pop the fuck off and then we'll just bounce fucking cities with Airbnb. Exactly. And bring yeah, little mics. We yeah. need like do you okay, have a this, this is not Sarah? this is not about us. This okay. is about Sarah. Right. <laughs> no, it's about us all. Um, no, I don't have any sponsors. I'll do like random ads i use buzzsprout yeah yeah and so so sometimes they'll like deliver ads to me and then i'll get an email and it's like you earned two dollars and fifty cents and i'm like okay awesome so no i'm not i'm making zero dollars on this podcast yeah so are we So are we, besides the merch, which oh my god you guys we we didn't even tell the listeners that sarah does our merch oh yeah oh my god We'll, we'll say that in the intro but like you guys are cute little lovey by hats. Um, Sarah makes them for us and they're so perfect and we love them and we love you for doing that for us. So thank yes. you. Of course. It's it so makes fun. all my dreams come true. My dreams. I try. Okay, so you guys, so Sarah is an entrepreneur. She started a company, like she said, after um college or her senior year of college making jewelry. And I've literally followed her um, since then. She would go on like little tours around college campuses and go to mm-hmm. sorority. And it was a huge fucking deal to me when she came to the Kappa Delta sorority house at Tennessee. And I was there and I was the first one there. And I'm Sarah. <laughs> Sarah probably doesn't remember. You guys knew like Mackie is a true. I don't. I'm like Mackie is a true fangirl of Sarah Smith. Like, yeah. was uh, Mackie losing her fucking? Ma- me too. But okay, let's Mackie play it cool. Like, oh, no, I'm kidding. We, we don't need to play it cool. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Like Mackie was like, I just, I, I really have looked up for her for so, just for so long. I'm like, she's so creative. Do you see how creative she, she is? Fucking she's fucking always coming up with new ideas. I'm like, she I, is. Yeah. Oh, she literally started with jewelry. So, do you want to run through kind of like? 
from the beginning of Raw and Rebellious and how you've kind of transformed it into now like a full on brand. Like you have photo shoots, like y'all, like it is it's so expanding. inspiring yeah. as if you're not already inspired enough with the Denver move, but how has Raw and Rebellious kind of evolved into what it is now? And like, yeah. No, that's, that's such a good question because yeah, it did start as you know, as just handmade jewelry. Like I, was incredibly broke in college, was waitressing at Texas Roadhouse all throughout high school and college, wasn't quite, you know, making the making the money. And so I started making jewelry for myself. It kind of snowballed. My friends liked it. I started going to colleges because I was in a sorority at Auburn and I had friends at other SEC schools. And do you know like Peyton Gannis and Riley Thomas, those girls? Yeah. Yes. So I connected with them. This was like back in 2017 before like influencers really thing. I connected mm -hmm. with them. I connected with Hunter Primo in Nashville. I don't know if yeah. you know her. Um, yeah. These are like OG people. Like she, I connected with Shannon Ford when she was just like in pageants. Like this is like forever ago. And I think I just like met the right people at the right time and like became friends with the right people at the right time. And it kind of just snowballed my senior year. I remember being like blackout on spring break. I think I was like in Mexico or something. And I Peyton and Riley had posted my jewelry and I come back and at this point I was only taking orders via DMs like I didn't have a website or anything and my little like DM thing said like 99 plus and I had like thousands of new followers and I was like what the fuck I was like so drunk like what's what's happening and so since then I you know decided not to go to occupational therapy school thank god didn't have to take any more tests or go to any more school <laughs> and hired all my my brothers three years younger than me hired all my brother's friends and him for the summer at my parents' house and they were just like helping me make jewelry because I had done it by myself up until that point. And like we talked about too, like, you know, you can never trust anyone to do it like you can. I was at the point where I was like, I have no other choice. Like I need help. Yeah. So I moved to Atlanta. Friend, like, like boys are making the jewelry. Oh, boys are making the jewelry. My brother literally would like, he was at Auburn. He was three years younger than me. He would see girls at the bar wearing my necklaces and he's like, oh, is that a daily delight? Yeah. I know it's like, use me to like hit on girls at the bar. I'm like, mm, you, don't, you don't need to tell me that. Or he's like, oh, like I can fix that necklace like at my place. Like if you want to. No, swear to God. That swear is to God. hilarious. I'm like, I never said you could do that. No, he, he's absolutely <laughs> fucking insane. Um, so yeah, no, it was like guys and girls making jewelry literally at my parents, like on a ping pong table. I still have photos like in my parents' yeah. house yeah, for the whole don't. summer. Yeah, no, I will. It was it was wild. Yeah, so it started there, and then I moved to Atlanta, hired employees. Another fun fact, you know Christy Howard from TikTok? Yes, we she was it. one of my first employees. Really? Shut yeah, up. Like jewelry making, and she was doing YouTube at the time. Yeah, no, I mean, she's, like, fucking killing it, but it's so cool to, like, see yeah. her where she, she is. is. Yeah. And um, She has a really cool story, too. Oh my God. No, she's so, so real. So inspiring. And like knowing her on such a personal level and like seeing her be totally unapologetically herself yeah, and like it. growing within that. It's yeah. no shock that she's grown so much because she is so authentic, like yeah, so authentic. Um, so yeah, I moved to Atlanta after college, hired some employees, continued to do jewelry for a long time, um, made a million mistakes. I mean, I've gotten fucked over by so many people because I didn't study business. I didn't know anything. So I made a lot of mistakes for like, as in like trusting people blindly with things and not questioning it because I thought that they knew more than me because they were older or because they had more experience. 
Um, when the truth is, I mean, social media has completely turned business like upside down. So I think a lot of the old ways of doing just about anything, and I'm sure y'all can relate to this too, especially Kenna and your job has completely changed. So I definitely lost a lot of money and like trusted a lot of the wrong people at the beginning, which has really taught me to like trust my gut. Um, but it was crazy. Like right after college, the first year when I like made a website and everything, I, and obviously I didn't like make this much money, but my first year I did a million dollars in sales, which was insane. Like insane. This is, I was 22 and I was like, what the fuck is happening? Like I, it was like growing too fast for me to even keep up. And then did jewelry for a long time. Uh, and COVID was really, really hard. That was when I moved to Denver and I made the decision to keep my business in Atlanta. It's still in Atlanta and move without it because at that point it was hard enough moving across the country. I couldn't imagine like bringing my business, getting new employees, all of those things. So I moved to Denver still just doing jewelry. And this was in 2020. And I kind of just like got burnt out. I like wasn't inspired anymore. The jewelry game had changed a lot. It had gotten more so in the realm of like cheap Amazon jewelry and stuff from like Forever 21 and China and all these things. Whereas I used to love making jewelry so much because I was like designing things that I loved. But then it got to a point where I was almost designing things for like cost effectiveness. I would like get charms and chains and like put them together and then think like, okay, well, how can I make this in bulk? Like, how can I make this more affordable? Like, you know, that kind of thing. So I think I just kind of outgrew it, outgrew it, but it took me a long time to realize that I outgrew it. I tore my ACL when I moved out here and it was like devastating. I couldn't walk for a long time. The surgery was really intense and the recovery was like nine months. Um, So that was really hard. And I think right before that I was having so much fun in Colorado and just like enjoying all the things I kind of just like wasn't working and like wasn't making any money. So it was very much like a meant to be thing. Like I learned so much and it really refocused myself like with my business. And then in the following years, I was trying to find other ways to like have Ron Rebellious to make other products. And I think from the beginning, I always wanted Ron Rebellious to be more than just e-commerce. I wanted it to be like a brand and a lifestyle and a community because I wanted it to grow with me. I wanted to be able to like do anything with it. And you think about brands that you love and that you trust. So if you like love and trust a brand and you want to support it, anything they put out, you know, is going to be good quality or you know that you're going to like because you like know the person behind it or you know that. And I made the switch a couple of years ago, like showing my face more on the platform and like being more personable and almost like trying to become an influencer for my own brand, if that makes sense, just by like- That's cool being more vulnerable, being more authentic, sharing my life. And that wasn't necessarily like a conscious decision. I think it just kind of like came with time. And I slowly started like Mm -hmm. sharing more, sharing more. And I was the same as y'all. I had the idea to start a podcast back in like 2019. I think I still have the original artwork for Raw Intentions, which I kept the name. I know y'all had milk and cookies, but I still have like all the old artwork that, that I had made back in like Yes, I'll send it to you. Raw Intentions is a good name. Yeah, it is. Milk and Cookies is so fucking stupid. (laughs) It's so stupid. Raw Intentions, I was obsessed obsessed with that name. Yeah. Um, It's so good. And it goes with Raw and Rebellious. It's just awesome. Well, because I wanted it to be like an extension of the brand, but I didn't want it to be like the Raw and Rebellious podcast because I think what I was craving with making a podcast was having a lifeline to my community and then having something that I had like 
total autonomy over. Like my family follows me on Ron Rebellious and like so many people that I know in my life and my family's very chill, but like, I'm not going to talk about like blowjobs on Ron Rebellious, like that I'm giving a blowjob. I can talk about if I want to talk about giving a blowjob on my podcast, I can, or if I want to talk about something that's like going on in my life that I don't want everyone to know, it's almost like a thin out of me. Like I can just say and yeah. do whatever I want with it. Does, um, do your, does your family listen to the pod? No, my mom and dad only listen to episodes that I tell them that they can. And it's so cute. They will literally text me and they're like, hey, are there any episodes that we can listen to? And I'm like, no. Or I'm like, yeah, you can listen to this one. Oh my God, I love that. No, they're so supportive. My family is like, and my friends are like insanely supportive. And I feel like you guys have similar situations too. Like I wouldn't have the guts or like the, I don't know. I, I wouldn't have anything that I have without having that much like, support and people back to me all the time yeah it's so it's so great to have that it's so great I was at Thanksgiving with um my one of my roommate's parents and my other roommate and her parents her mom wanted to follow me on Instagram on Ron Rebellious and even Ron Rebellious I'm like I've gotten to the point where I don't really care unless it's like unless my mom cares but she's so locked at this point she doesn't give a fuck then like I'm gonna post whatever I want and literally the last photo I posted was a photo of jewelry with my hands over my topless boobs. And one of my roommates had to edit out my nipple because you could see my nipple. And that was the last photo I posted. And I come out of the bathroom and I hear um, one of my roommates telling the mom like my username and I hear her like repeating it back. And I'm like running like slow motion. I'm like, no, like, please don't. <laughs> but, and I'm like trying to grab the phone out of her hand. She's like, I don't care. It's fine. And I'm like, oh okay because like when I'm doing Sunday scaries and like all the things that I post I'm so like lax on my social media and I want to be that way I don't want to be thinking like oh my god who's seeing this because if I start thinking that then I'm not going to post the things that I post yeah and obviously I never want to like offend anyone or hurt anyone's feelings necessarily but I think I've gotten to the point where like my community like understands who I am and like what the brand is about and they enjoy that so I just hesitate to like tell like my friend's parents, it's like, no, I know who I am. I know I have great values and I'm a great person. Like my brand is also a business. So I am like calculated about the things that I share and that I post. Like I have, I'm very authentic on there, but I also, I have like a brand personality, I feel like too. Yeah. And a normal personality and my, the brand is me, but it's, sometimes it can be like exaggerated, I guess. If that yeah. makes sense. I love that. That is so good to your original question that you asked me like a thousand years ago that I probably haven't answered. <laughs> you asked how it's become more of like a brand. I think part of that is yes, it takes so much time like oversharing my life and I respond to every single DM that I get and I get a bazillion DMs, but I think that's what sets it apart because people feel like they know me. And if they do meet me in person, they've maybe corresponded with me over DMs for three years and how I text is how I talk. So they're like, Oh my God, I feel like I know you. And I love yeah. when people say that because yeah. I want to try to create like genuine connection. That's why I share things about my personal life. That's why I do Sunday scaries. That's why I like get quote unquote vulnerable or share things that are hard or fun or like non-perfect in my life is because I want people to feel like they know me and that they're like comfortable and a part of like that community. And so the yeah. same with the podcast, it's like then they can hear my voice and they can understand my sense of humor. Same with Sunday scaries, same with, you know, having conversations within my DMs. It's like texting essentially, you know? So it, it, it takes a lot of time and it does make me kind of burnt out on social media is like a beast in itself, which I'm sure you guys understand too. Like there are times that I wish I could just delete it, but I can't because 
if I just delete Instagram for a week, then our sales are going to plummet. Like it's, it's so dependent on social media, you know? It really is. And we have like a lot of friends, I feel like that are like, like Nashville's a big city when it comes to like country music artists and like people trying to make it here and like I work in social so like I understand the impact that it has and I feel like a lot of people that are trying to make it get so burnt out and they're like well fuck like social is so toxic blah 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 but I'm like it's such an important tool Mm. that if you use it correctly it can like change your life right like you're saying if you go off of posting for a week that your sales will go down Mm -hmm. oh 200 percent and and to your point too, like, yes, it can be toxic if it's used in a toxic way. And I think you have to view social media as a tool. And if you're a consumer of social media, you monitoring, know. which yeah. I know is really hard, how much time you're spending on it, even like paying attention to your mood. Like, do you get like anxious or like feel bad about yourself after like scrolling on social media for two hours? Or like, are you losing sleep because you're on TikTok? I mean, and I do those things too, but being conscious that it is a tool that you can utilize and that you can share your life with and keep up with people. But if you find yourself, you know, waking up first thing in the morning, picking up your phone, looking at someone's vacation in Hawaii and immediately feeling like shit about your life because you're, you know, in the comparison game, it's being aware of like how it can affect you. Right. Before we jump to the boys, I want to go back to Romer Bellas really quickly. Can you run through um, everything that like you sell for consumers? Mm hmm. Yeah. So I, yeah, I have like so many things now, which I'm also trying to like dwindle down the amount of products that I have. Cause I've definitely gone a little overboard. I'm like constantly <laughs> like making mistakes and learning basically. But, um, right now with winter, my main focus is rebellious ski club. So it's this collection of like hoodies and hats. I eventually want to get into like actual ski apparel. So like the jackets mm-hmm. and the pants that you would wear when you're skiing. Um, but rebellious ski club is just, totally ski focused or like within the ski community, like inside jokes and each things, funny things, that kind of thing. Um, and then I also do a ton of like trucker hats, um, like vintage style hats, like the ones that you guys have, um, whether they're like embroidered or printed on and that I've been doing for like two years. So they just have like fun, cheeky sayings on them or like aesthetic things or, you know, whatever it is, any intrusive thought that I have, I'm like, Oh, let me put that on a hat. (laughs) (laughs) And then I still sell jewelry. That's something that I'm definitely trying to like phase out. Um, It just doesn't really inspire me creatively anymore. And I feel like as I've gotten more like present on social media with like my personality and my sense of humor, the apparel and the clothing and like the hats are just more fun for me because they kind of reflect who I am and like whatever I'm, you know, passionate about or what I'm doing in my life. Like I love skiing. So everybody's ski club, like, has been welcomed with open arms because people see me like skiing every day and they're like, oh, this makes sense. Like, oh, this is her sense of humor. And so we do apparel, we do shoes. We have like some Ugg dupes that we made. We have cowboy boots, cowboy hats. We did some like crop tops and like oversized things this summer. Um, We have prints. But I would say my main focus would be like the apparel, shoes, and hats or like what I want to like grow with, I would say. Cool. Yeah. And you have, that. and like, like we said earlier, you have done our hats, but like you have other brands coming to you being like, can you make our hats or make yeah. our merch, right? Yeah. So I started that actually this summer because um, we like went to another company to get all our stuff done. And I was like, I really feel like I could figure this out and do this. 
And once I figured it out, because I've You're also so had fucking cool. What the yeah. fuck? <laughs> no, yeah. God damn it. Are you doing like sweatshirts too for different brands or just hats for now? So I'm doing apparel for like bachelorettes and like that kind of thing. But at this point, it's been I haven't figured out a way to make apparel like the hoodies and the apparel that we sell, I essentially get for wholesale. So I can't wholesale them to like a boutique or a store or a client because for them to then turn around and sell it, like it would be too expensive. So hats I've gotten down pat, but I'm still working on apparel. So I'll do like small batch stuff, but I don't really do bulk. I was so bummed. I was supposed to do Shannon Ford's merch for her podcast, but she works with Dear Media and she was like contractually like couldn't do it. Um, which would have been so freaking fun. But I, yeah, started doing wholesale. It's like a little side business. Um, this summer, I was actually in Italy when I launched it. And I work with like boutique, boutiques and like podcasts and influencers and weddings and bachelorettes and that kind of thing and make merch for people. Because I know from like the consumer standpoint, working with manufacturers is such a bitch. So if I could like make the process like easier and more seamless for that consumer, that's kind of what I'm trying to like bridge the gap on. Um, So that's like another service that I offer on the side. Yes, queen. How the fuck do you have the time? Like, how the fuck do you have the time? You have seven podcast recordings this week. You're, I mean, you're actively on social every day no, like literally know, like how- she also makes those candles handmade no you don't. oh yeah candles oh I, I also have candles i forgot about that yeah, yeah we put we put one of your candles on our gift guide no way yeah oh, i saw that i saw that i saw that thank you so much <laughs> no, <laughs> Maybe the candles were so freaking fun they're and so cute that's something that i'm still trying to workshop um because the people that we worked with to like make them were so expensive. They're all like handmade and like we use recycled wine bottles and all that stuff, but it's kind of a bitch process. Like it would have been a lot easier if I had just done like a regular candle, but I really wanted the alcohol to be like a part of the brand and for it to be sustainable. Um, so yeah. that's something that I'm still yeah. kind of figuring out, but <laughs> yeah. How do you have the time? Are you one of the people that wake up at sunrise and start working? So, I do wake up at like five or five thirty. Yeah, we gotta start waking up early, dude. I don't know how. Like, I my body like doesn't let me. What time are you going to sleep, Sarah? Um, probably like I try to go to sleep at like ten. Like tonight because we're like podcasting and I like haven't had dinner yet. And my roommates, I can like literally hear them like yelling upstairs. Um, I'll probably go to bed late because we'll be hanging out. But also during ski season because I try to ski like two hours a day. Let's say. So I'll wake up super early to get work done so that I can go leave and ski. So that kind of motivates me to like get up because I'm like, okay, I really want to go ski, you know? Are you going down like blues or greens or blacks? Mm, probably like blues, blacks. Damn. Trees. Wow, you're pretty well, yeah, I mean, it took a while. I've gotten a lot of days in, um, but I love it. It's so freaking fun. <laughs> crazy your life is actually fucking crazy and like <laughs> it's okay, insane. can we talk about boys now please yeah, yeah let's talk about boys i love it okay, yeah. so are you done with the ski questions yes dude okay um maki's gonna move to the mountains after this literally <laughs> um 
Okay, so we just had a podcast swap with Sarah, and we went on her podcast, and we talked about boys, but obviously, like, our podcast is very much focused on dating in your 20s, and, um, you know, the culture of men that we told you about, but um, you mentioned that you you had recently gotten out of a relationship. Can you talk a little bit about that and how the breakup process has been for you? Yeah, of course. Um... So yeah, I dated a guy for a year. I have not had a boyfriend in a really, really long time. I'm definitely more of like a single girl than I am a girl with a boyfriend. So that was an adjustment for sure. But he was like so incredible. And I always said that I wanted to be with someone or that I would only be with someone if they added to my life because I already love my life so much. I don't want someone to take away. And at the beginning, it was very much that way. It was like so easy. We were best friends. We met through mutual friends. So like we had all the same friends. He was obsessed with snowboarding. I was obsessed with skiing. We both loved to like go on hikes and camp and do all these things. So we had a ton of commonalities. And he was also like so supportive of my business. Any guy that I'd ever dated or like hooked up with in the past was almost like not dismissive, but like not like amped up about it. And that never really bothered me. It was one of those things that like bothered me, but I like ignored it because I was like, oh, but like these other things are great because I have so many friends that are super supportive and family. But he was the first person to like really take it seriously and like be like curious about like, oh, you recorded a podcast. Like, who is it with? Like, what was it about? Like the little things. So anyways, all of those things and more were boxes that I had and that I didn't even have. So we had an amazing relationship at the beginning. At the end of the day, he had gotten out of a relationship right before we met, like a six-year relationship. He had lived with a girl. It was this whole thing. And coming back to on when we recorded, I was talking about one thing that I learned from the breakup is taking people for face value and like really listening when they talk to you. And the first night that we met, we like met at this house party, went to this dive bar, talked for like five hours, like stereotypical, like little night. And he was like super honest with me about his breakup. And like, it was very recent and very raw and very like messy and told me all these things. And in my head, I'm like, I'm never going to fucking see this kid again. Like who cares? And I knew the whole time, like as we were getting more serious, I kept telling him, I was like, well, I'm not like, dating you until you like go to therapy or something because like you clearly have a lot of baggage from your last relationship and I think because we weren't serious it never really like showed in a negative way towards me but as soon as we moved in together with all those people and got more serious I started to see this like other side of him and it was like very jealous very insecure very distrustful like off the cuff like so I almost Mm -hmm. felt like because I was coming into this relationship I'm never in relationships. So I was coming in like bright eyed and bushy tailed, like first Mm -hmm. boyfriend in a long time. So excited. So in love. And he was coming in like I was coming in down here and he was coming in up here with like he already had all these things that he like almost like doesn't trust about women. And so he was kind of putting that on me. So Mm -hmm. anything that I would do, even like minor, that was like not a big deal would be such a huge deal because I was getting not only his anger from and like distrust or sadness from his last or from like his current situation but also from his ex so I was getting like all of it so it kind of and it was a slow burn kind of like you were saying Mackie where like there were months where I would literally like we were living together and I would just like lay in bed and like cry and like stare at the wall like I and that is so unlike me and it was so hard because I didn't want to give up on it I felt so much guilt for like not fighting for it and I tried to fight for it. But I think what I learned from that and moving past that and like the breakup was so gnarly in the sense that like 
I was so upset. I was so in love with him. It was someone that I saw myself like possibly spending the rest of my life with. He met my family, which is so rare. And like my parents loved him and like all my friends loved him. And like things were so good, but things also weren't. And I think I was so in love coming back to taking people for face value. Like I should have listened when he told me all of these issues that he had and all these things that he was like, you know, anxious about. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to ask. So you mentioned like you told him, I'm not going to date you until you go to therapy. Did he end up going to therapy or were you just like, I'll date you? No, it was like this, like, we just kept getting like more serious, but like, I was like, okay, but I know that you have all this shit. And like, I, and I'm in therapy, like, and I wasn't at the time, but like everyone needs therapy. But I was like, until you like figure this stuff out, maybe it's not therapy, but like you work through it and move through it versus like pushing it down and then like it exploding randomly. This is like a huge red flag to me because it like freaked me out kind of. And it was just like, it had nothing to do with me, but it was becoming like a part of my life. And so it was just very gradual. Like all of a sudden we were living together and I still wasn't even calling him my boyfriend because I was just like stubborn and was like, I don't have a boyfriend. Like you're my roommate, but like, you know, we were, we were like in love and like, we were so happy and all these things. And so it just like kept getting more serious and more serious. And I don't think either of us intended at that point, I was like getting over this situationship that I had and I was in a sad place. Like when we met, he had just got moved out with, from his like ex of a million years, like neither of us were looking for anything, but I think we were both like so magnetized towards each other. But it taught me like, no, when someone tells you that like they aren't looking for anything or that they have this like past or that they like have these things that don't align with me. Listen, Sarah, like, don't like, don't just like throw that away and be like, oh, but I'm different or, oh, I can change them or, oh, they're going to like grow with me and be the person that I want. Because I think at the end when we were really bad and I was so depressed, I was still holding on to the potential of him. Like what I would replay in my head was like, like when I was like laying in bed crying would be like all the amazing times that we had. And like the moments that he treated me so incredibly well, because he was, he is an amazing person. Like, I think he just had like stuff that he needed to work on. I ha- I'm not perfect either. I know that like I wasn't a perfect girlfriend either. And it just like, wasn't the right fit, mm-hmm. but we like wanted it to work. And so I was like holding on to like what his potential could be and what I thought he could be with all of these other issues, like melted away kind of thing. And that's what I held on to for a long time. And like not wanting to be the person that like did the breaking up or like did the giving up. Um, so I think walking away from that. And even since then, like I was in therapy once a week, like after we broke up and now I'm going every other week and I've like, worked through it and you know I really do feel okay now and like finally ready to like put myself out there again but it took me a long time to move through it but I'm happy kind of like you said to Mackie like walking away from that like if it was up to him and I listened to him or I like succumbed to that we would still be together because he wasn't as proactive as I was about like our issues like he was more willing to just push it down and just like kind of coexist Whereas I was like fighting for like, I want the best. Like I really want to be so in love, so happy. I want to be treated the way I want to be treated. And I was also, I had this standard with him because at one point he was treating me so incredibly well. So I was like, I know that I'm not crazy. Like I'm not asking for anything that I haven't gotten before. So I think walking away and like choosing myself is really, really. I think you and Maki dated the same guy. I think he did too. Like we need to like figure, like (laughs) 
Genuinely. Let's double check on that. No, because I have been saying, I've been like, like, what what makes me so fucking sad is like the fucking potential and like what I was, um, like what I was playing, what I was planning in my head, like Mm. for my next 10 years. Like that's what made me, um, super upset when it started to like kind of be like, oh, wait, but hey, that's actually not going to work. And you know. The way that he was, like, at the beginning, like, Sarah was saying, like, you knew he had that potential, yeah. like, uh, and then, like, all, like, it to wasn't be, like, that, to be yeah. the best for you. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, we dated the same guy. So, you guys. So crazy. crazy. Wow. <laughs> Breakthroughs today. So, like, um, do you guys talk? Like, what's the situation now? Um, no. So, we had, like, a pretty tough, when we, like, tried to rekindle, when I got back from Europe, we tried it, like kind of blew up and things are bad we talked about things and we ended up like a month ago having a conversation super positive just kind of like wishing each other the best and like finally like closing that chapter because I really needed to just like be done like I didn't want it hanging over my head anymore and the last couple conversations we had had he he lives in Denver um was very like not like leaving it open-ended to like us getting back together but leaving it open-ended to like maybe another conversation in the future because I hadn't started therapy yet and didn't really know like what I wanted to say. Yeah. And um, then we had like a really positive conversation. And I was like, Oh my God, that was sick. Like I was so anxious about this, but actually like that went so well. Then I found out some things like the next day that I wish mm-hmm. I didn't. And now I don't really ever want to speak to him again. So. Oh no. I'm Which, sorry. No, it, it's, Honestly, makes it a little easier. And I think it's like comes back to the potential thing is like whatever potential I believed for him maybe was like in my head. Like I think he was just who he I think he's just who he is. And I don't think he's a bad person. And I really do wish him the best. And I'm not gonna like air his dirty laundry on a podcast. Um I have so much respect for him and I wish him well, but I don't really want anything to do with that. You know, like I'm just like we're done. Yeah. 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 Okay. Thanks for sharing that. That's a lot to share and like to, to yeah, go great. back to and like, you know, backtrack to that time. Um, but like how is dating other than that year? So like you're 29 now. So you were single all before then. So like mm-hmm. how do you what's enjoy dating? dating? Like, yeah. like, yeah, what's it like in Denver? Like how are you doing now? Like are you on the apps? Like what what's what does Sarah love? So I'm trying to think. So yeah, I, I haven't had a boyfriend in a really long time since college. I've had so many situationships, so many <laughs> men that I allowed inside of me that probably wouldn't care if I got hit by a bus. And I just like was holding out, oh, hoping that maybe one day they would care. But it was just this weird thing. And I think we all go through it, or maybe I'm not being relatable and it's just me where it's like the chase. It's like an mm-hmm. ego thing where we are like, no. I know that I'm a catch. I know that I'm worth it. And I know that I'm yeah. great. So why aren't you obsessed with me? So I'm going right. to keep beating a dead horse and I'm going to keep allowing oh, yeah. my life because this time that he texts me at 1am to come over is going to be the time that he decides to take me on a date instead of just booty. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. So I feel like I've had quite a lot of that. Um, more so before I moved out here, when I moved to Denver, Denver is also called Menver. Um, there's so many men in Colorado. Yeah, both of you are like, oh, wait, I just signed a lease in Colorado. Yeah, literally. Um, okay, but before you do. Yeah, so they call it Menver. It's, I would say the ratio is like a, 
a little more equal than it used to be, but it's still very heavily male, especially in the mountains. I mean, 20 guys to a girl. Like, there's so many men here. I will say, though. Okay, but hold on. Hold on, though. I will say it's very much like Peter Pan syndrome out here. Like, a lot of people move to Colorado to, like, find themselves or get away from something or, like, live out some, like, fantasy. So it's a lot of men that are boys. Like, they're not looking for anything serious. They just, like, want to every day and bro out and like dick around not all are like that there are a lot of you know very quality men out here but I will say like it's like a lot of men that are like kids in great ways but also not Mm -hmm. so much but it was also really cool I mean living in Atlanta I knew so many people that it was hard for me to date because everyone knew someone and so it didn't feel as like carefree where I could like like going on a date felt like it had a lot more volume to it because it was a friend of a friend and everyone would hear about it and like, or I'd hook up with a guy and like, Oh, it's this girl's ex that I met two weeks ago. Like, so moving out here was super fun because no one knew who I was. I had the new girl smell too. So like, you know, everyone's like, Oh my God, who's this girl? And or that's probably just like my God complex. Like everyone's thinking about me, like no one fucking cares. And I, <laughs> and I dated so much when I moved here. Like, and it was in the middle of COVID. It was really strict here. So everything was shut down like bar wise. So we would just go to house parties and I didn't know anyone. And I don't even remember how I'd like end up at these freaking houses, but I met so many people like organically and they would just ask me on a date. And I was like, what the hell? Like I was such a yes man when I moved out here. And I, I still am like a yes man to a degree, but anyone that asked me on a date, I'm like, even if I'm not into him, maybe he has a hot roommate. Like I don't fucking know. So I was going on dates. There's this one time I went on a date with this guy, I got drinks with him. And then my car was in the shop. And I told, so I asked the guy to drop me off at my friend's place because I had dinner plans. He dropped me off at another guy's apartment. And the other guy like made me dinner. Like I was like, you're I kidding. Was running, I was running through them. Running oh through. Gosh, yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like, did you love that time or like what did it get exhausting at the end of the night? Oh, I loved it. I mean, it just like fed. I was like, this is sick. And it was also cool because in my head I had this type or like this checklist. Like I thought I wanted this like artsy, like creative guy, like that would like take videos of me and like do like a cute post. And like, I'd like look up from a book and I'm like, oh my God, like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, I, I think I thought I wanted someone like creative. And then I went, I remember going on a date with this creative guy and I was like, he honestly just kind of seems gay to me. Like I just, yeah. it, it's, I need like a manly man. I'm very creative. I need someone that like recognizes and like appreciates what I do, but I don't need someone that's like exactly, I don't need to date myself. <laughs> what I thought. I'm and so bad at you picturing some guy recording. You, you, know who I, you know what I'm talking about. Yes. I'm like, make a YouTube video of me. Yes. <laughs> that is so like, funny. why did I think I wanted that? I have no idea. Like I would get so annoyed. Oh my God, I'm so dead. <laughs> but um, yeah, so I think when I moved here, it was fun because I dated so many different kinds of people and it was people from all over, not just like the typical like SEC people. So I learned a lot about what I like and what I don't like. Um, and I just felt very free to like go on dates or like, you know, hook up with people and not get like judged or care. Like no one yeah. needs to know kind of thing. Like it just yeah. felt very freeing and I was just figuring out who I was. I almost feel like sometimes when I'm dating, I'm like, using people as a mirror so I'm like figuring out who I am based on like their reaction to me or like how they perceive me I don't know which might be too heady um yeah so I think that helped me a lot too just like shape 
who I am and what I want and who I want to be. I mean, I'm still figuring that out, but, um, so it was really fun. I loved it. I think now I've done the app, you know, lots of times I have hinge right now. I'm probably about to delete it. It's pretty brutal uh, here in the mountains. I will say it's like pretty fucking weird. I downloaded, or I went active when I was in Breckenridge like three years ago. Yeah. Like my husband, like on my trip, like a snowboarder. Um, Obviously I didn't, but I remember some of the guys on there, they were a little bit rough. Oh, (laughs) and like some of them are like old, like it'll be like a 50 year old, like mommy. I'm like, no, what do you mean? Or they're like 17, like a 17 year old, like lifty. I'm like, what do you, like, I, I would make you a man. Like you cannot handle me. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Like you're a child, <laughs> like absolutely not. So I, I, I think, I don't think I'm going to like, I mean, who knows who I'm going to meet and when one of my roommates is now fully dating a guy that she met that was on a bachelor trip here that lives in New York. So I feel like yeah. it'll be more like that situation. Cause we, I mean, there's so many people that live here like around our age, but also so many people visit either from Denver, like from everywhere, which I thought would be annoying, but it's actually so fun. Cause we're always just meeting new people like every single weekend, like, and yeah. it's also so fun, like, being a girl that lives here. Like, our house, when we go out and we're, like, feeling ourselves, like, people think we're a bachelorette. Like, we are just, like, feral. And when people are, like, oh, like, wh- where are you from? Like, where are you visiting from? We're, like, we live here. And they're, like, what? Yeah. And we're, like, yeah. <laughs> like, it's just, like, every time, like, we all just get really? voters telling people that we live here. I'm so fun. We honestly do too, but I feel like it's a way bigger deal. It'll be like, yeah, I live in Breckenridge. Like, but some of the bachelor dudes, they'll be like, where are y'all from? Yeah, like, we get like pretty hype. We're like, like, yeah, we're locals. We live here. No, but it feels cool, right? Like, being in a place, y'all are the same where so many people come. Yeah. But living in Breckenridge. Yeah. It is very fun. So, the dating scene, I will say, like, I'm getting back into it. I did hook up with a guy recently for the first time since my ex, so that's really exciting for me. Oh, yes! yes. <laughs> Very positive. So do you like her now? Um, I don't know. I, I think I'm uh, I think I'm a little emotionally unavailable, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Um, but no, it was, it was a very positive experience, very fun. Who knows what will happen. Uh, so I'm definitely, like, putting myself out there now. I love that. And I feel like that's, that's what cool. you're 20... – How did you meet him? Um, Through mutual friends. I'm not going to get too specific because okay. then I think people might know who it is. Okay, okay. Oh, well. Um, I, I know you're almost 30, but I feel like that is kind of like what your 20s are for, like to be able to go around and date different people and like figure out what you like. Like it's literally a game. Um, oh, and it's fun. truly. I think living out here too versus the South, because sometimes I would feel like the South aged me in that way of like being yeah. single and like needing to settle down because mm-hmm. so many people are, you know, settling down and getting married and having kids so young. Whereas here, you know, people are just like kids and just like running around and like having so much fun and like no one's really doing that. So it kind of like the whole like eternal youth thing, like I'm going to be 30 next year and I feel like I'm 24. Like I don't mm-hmm. feel, I mean, 30 is so young still, but if like when I was, you know, 18, 30 sounded so old. And I still feel so young. So it's really refreshing yeah. being somewhere where, like, I feel like I can still – I'm still just figuring life out, and that's totally fine. I I, I love that. and I, I love that. I feel like the whole pressure – the societal pressure about getting married young. Like, our parents got married so young. And, like, for girls especially, like, if you want to have kids, like, you're on a t- – you're on a clock here. And, like, mm-hmm. I – 
the pressure of people like getting there. And like, this is actually a perfect little segue transition because we were talking about this on the last podcast, but you know, so many people who are like settling down and getting married and having kids. And you mentioned like, they're not in the best relationships and they're settling. I think like for, I think this is more of a personal question for me, but yeah, like, this is a question I have for such you. a hard time because I love my friends so dearly and like care about them so much to the point where it's almost like chill the fuck out kind of, but like, I like care about who their significant others are. And I have a few friends in relationships right now that I'm like low key freaking the fuck out if they marry this person, because either they're abusive or they're manipulative or they're jealous and insecure and I'm just like I don't think you should marry that person and I can't mm. say that no but she does you do say that and I, like then they then they take her off her their private story and then it and then it starts dwindling out Hannah's relationship with with these girls and like even when I was dating my boyfriend like it became like a little bit of an argument when like she would see was something that he was doing that she didn't like basically what we're asking for about? no we're asking to do that no no, like there were a few times like where like I wouldn't tell you something because I was worried that like you would yeah um, okay. you would sure. like care a lot. So we're here asking you advice, Sarah, for um, what you do when um, when your friend is dating a guy you don't like and you have to go to their wedding. Mm. So I would say, and like to your point about like talking to friends whose boyfriends you don't like. And you're not doing this at all, but I think there's a huge difference between, like, most of my friends, husbands and boyfriends, I don't want to marry. And that's fine because they are, like, super happy in their relationship and they are perfect for each other. Are they my favorite person in the world? Maybe not, but I know they treat my best friend like a queen. So I'm gravy with it. I'm like, this is great. But if I have friends that I feel like are getting mistreated, like you said, then that's when I have an issue. And... That is really hard because you never want to alienate a friend where they feel like they can't talk to you. Like you were even saying, like you feeling like not comfortable being able to tell kind of stuff. And I'm not like getting, but I'm just using this example because no, no, because I've been in the exact same position where, you know, you don't want to say too much where they feel like they can't come to you or they feel like they'll be judged if they tell you something and then they stay with that person. And then you're always going to like hold that grudge. But I think it also just shows like how loyal you are and you want the best for your friends, which I think is amazing. So I think, I think you just have to know when to speak and when not to speak. I think when the person is early on in the relationship is a perfect time to say your piece. I think, especially if they ask your opinion, if they're like, what do you think? I would tell them I would tell them in a very kind way that's reversible in case they do end up you know with that person you don't want to like totally alienate that person out of your life yeah but I do think that if especially if they ask and give you that window saying in a very kind way and really emphasizing like not dogging on this person but being like this is coming from a really like loving place like I love you so much but I see this and it just kind of like concerns me and I think you deserve so much better than that and I don't know if you see this but like just from an outsider looking in, maybe I don't know your relationship. And like, obviously I don't know what goes on behind closed doors, but this is just what I've observed. And I just don't feel like super comfortable with it. And I've had plenty of situations like that where I've had conversations like that. I've had situations where the friend ends up breaking up with that person. I have friends like my best guy friend that I said, you know, is still with this girl that like I've expressed concern about multiple times. 
and we're still very close, but he knows that I don't like her and she doesn't like me. So that's kind of become, you know, a situation too. So it's kind of like, I don't think there's any perfect situation or perfect advice as far as like going to their wedding at that point. I think you just have to hope that everything's okay. I mean, I know you mentioned like abusive or like manipulative, which is so scary. And I've been in situations like that myself. And I've also seen friends in those kinds of situations. And you just have to hope that if things do get really bad, that they'll come to you because you don't want to alienate them so much that they don't, they don't feel like they can come to you if like something God forbid happens and they have no one to call because that's like textbook abusive relationship where they like kind of alienate that person. So you always want to keep those lines of communication open. So if you think that they're getting serious, you kind of just have to like take a step back. I think unless they ask you and come to you. And I did. And I took a step back, but (laughs) no, no. no. And and I'm not, I'm not saying anything you've done or said is wrong. I know absolutely nothing. I'm just saying from my experience and from there have been friendships that have been alienated because I've expressed too much. And I would be curious, maybe like open up the DMS and see if anyone has any advice too, because I think that's such a delicate situation and there's no right or wrong way to handle it because you're going to end up either you stay silent and maybe your friend's getting hurt or you say something and then they feel like they can't come to you. You know, it's like, what's the right thing to do? Yeah. It's 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 hard. No, it's it's definitely hard. And Mackie's had a friend that is like a similar situation, but she just kind of is like, I let her do her thing. Like, I don't say anything. I just kind of am going to let her figure Mm. it out. Yeah. But I'm like, no, I, I, I need to say something. Like I can't. I need to say something. Yeah. What the fuck are you doing? I mean, like, I no, said, it's hard. But yeah, I said I said what I wanted to say, and like you know, I know that you like it's kind of like trusting in your friends, um, in their decision making. Like I trust you; you'll do what's best for you. But like, but they're stuck. They're literally stuck, and they can't get out of it. And well, they're so I manipulated. Mean, well, well, I mean, I would say maybe try to call and, and ask how everything's going. You know, and see how. Yeah. It's- no, I think that is really good advice too. Like with that friend maybe that you feel like you've distanced from because of the relationship that she's in reaching out to her more and like maybe to mend that bridge asking questions like wait so like how is everything with blah 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 and just being like dumb positive about it and like maybe it feels fake but then maybe they'll feel more safe I mean, yeah. I did that the other day. Like, the same She's time. like, I know you're fucking being fake. I know you don't like him. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. No, I love him. How is he Wait, doing? Do yeah. I miss him. Let's FaceTime him. Let's yeah. FaceTime. FaceTime <laughs> me. No, that's, that's good advice, Sarah. Thank you. Yeah. It'll that's be okay. Great. I mean, I, I just have to remember at the end of the day, like, it's not my relationship and like, I can't do anything really about it. Like she's going to do whatever she wants to do. And like, mm-hmm. even if I don't agree with those things, I will be at her wedding and, you know, be there for her when they get divorced. And that's just yep, that. Exactly. Hey, hey. And that's, you know, I have friends too that I'm like, I know you're going to get a divorce. So I'll, I'll be here. I've, I've already had a friend get divorced. So shit, really? No. Mm-hmm. And oh I was in her God. wedding. That's tough. So. very tough but I mean do what like I don't want to call her out if she listens to this but like did she she probably won't did you kind of have the the gut feeling when you were standing next to her on the wedding um I think it was one of those things where like I didn't really know him super well it was like a close friend from growing up and so like 
I was like, well, maybe I like don't know because we're so different and live such different lives. I was like, maybe this is just like what she wants. And I don't understand that. It wasn't ever like a red flag thing. I had no relationship with him, but like, I was like, I guess she's happy. But I was also like 22, maybe 23 when they got married. So I was like, this is fucking weird, but okay. If you're happy. But I also wasn't like super shocked when they got a divorce, I would say. I was like, okay, that kind of tracks. So Sarah does this thing on social where she will talk about Sunday scaries and do a question box and um, your followers will always tell their Sunday scaries stories, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I put like a question box, totally anonymous, and I do it every Sunday. They say like, I fucked my ex or I like want to get a divorce or like the most like off the wall or like I peed on in the guy, a guy's bed on accident. like crazy stuff and I will repost it on my story anonymously I mean I can see who's at it but like no one else can and I'll put like some like funny response like paired with it as the Sunday scary so I like share those every Sunday I love that they're so good how long do those take you or does it take (sighs) you all day uh not all day but probably like an hour and to be honest like that's the last fucking thing I want to do on a Sunday like I'm (laughs) sometimes hungover as well and I'm like I just want to lay in bed like I don't want to like because I don't like check DMs or like check my texts or anything on the weekends. Like I don't work on the weekends at all. So to like on Sunday to have to do that, I'm just like, but it's fun and like everyone loves it. And it's such a community thing. So that's why I do it. But sometimes I'm just like, oh, I really don't want to do it. It's so good for engagement though. Yeah, you can it is. Um, so will you tell us your personal worst scare- Sunday scary story? Or you can yeah. do one that you received too. Oh, I can do I can do my worst Sunday scaries. Um just this is just off the dome. So I went to the Auburn UGA game at UGA my senior year. And I had a habit of just blacking out every single time I drank. Like pretty much until I was like 23, 24, and like all through college. Like I did not understand that you could just get drunk. Like I always blacked out. And so we went to UGA with all my friends because like everyone that went to Auburn is from Atlanta and I proceeded to black out as I do and this is the first time I ever got like tickets into the game like out and away game like the first time I've ever been inside another stadium so somehow I walk from Fiji to the stadium I don't remember any of this at all this is just recounted to me and I guess I had to pee so we go into the stadium and there's a bookstore, I guess, like where the, all the textbooks and stuff are. And I'm with my other friend who is also blackout. And the, I, she like goes up to the front to like ask if there's a bathroom. There's no bathroom. She turns around. I'm gone. She's like, where's Sarah? She looks over and she sees all these people like with their hands up, kind of like backing away from this like, like back room. And she goes over there. I have my pants down. I'm in a crop top and jeans. I have my pants down and I'm peeing on like a pile of like textbooks in like a back room, like full on peeing, like, like totally like uh, lights on. No one is home. Like I, when I am blackout, I don't speak. I'm completely nonverbal. And I like have googly eyes. Like I can't, I don't know anything. Shut up. Yeah. So I'm like full on peeing. I'm wearing those. Like, do you remember those Steve Madden shoes with a puff ball on the front? Yeah. They're like iconic, the platforms. I was wearing those. Not important, but. Just to set the scene. And so then I leave the bookstore. I don't get arrested. They don't take my name. I don't know why. Like, I'm sure I ruined, like, thousands of dollars of textbooks. 
we leave, go into the game. I am in the bathroom throwing up. Some nurse gives me an anti-nausea pill. I throw that up. I don't remember any of this. This is just what I was told. We go up to the student section and it's like at the highest like point in the stadium. And I'm sitting there. I black in and I can send, I have photos of this if you guys need your podcast. And I black in, there's like throw up next to me. There's popcorn on the other side. I guess someone's like feeding me popcorn. And there is a security guard tapping me on the shoulder. And he's like, ma'am, I'm so sorry, but like, I'm going to have to like escort you out. So I get escorted out of the stadium. This is like right when I block in, all my friends are there. And my guy friends used to call me Smythe in college because my name's Smith with a Y. And they all start chanting Smythe, Smythe, Smythe. And I'm getting literally escorted out by two cops. They're very nice. And then I leave. I'm like bawling, crying because I didn't want my my boyfriend at the time to find out because he used to get so mad when I blacked out. He just like, which is understandable. He never found out. But then I proceeded to like go out that night and like black out again. Like I don't like I. Yeah. Like I've probably gone home. And yeah. So Holy I, had the, I had the worst scaries of I had so much anxiety. I changed my name on Facebook. I was so scared I was going to get arrested. I was so scared. Like I was like there's cameras like this is a university. Like how am I not going to like go to jail? Never got caught. Scott free. So. And your boyfriend never found out. Boyfriend never found out, but everyone else did. The girl that I was with was like not the right person to be with in that situation. And she told everyone and I was so mortified. I was like just lying about it. I don't know why, like the peeing part, like really for some reason, like I don't care now, but at the time I was like, that is so unladylike. Like everyone's going to be so like, yeah. And I was just so scared. My boyfriend was going to find out. And so I just like lied to everyone about it for the longest time. And then now I live to tell the tale. Yeah, so fucking funny. That's one of the best that's stories amazing. I've ever heard. Yeah, that's incredible. And Athens, it's Athens, a good one. It's really hard to be Athens. Mm, yeah, Athens beats me every time. I've been <laughs> back and no redemption. So yeah, never. <laughs> I yeah. love that. You're... Too many fucking bars in that town, bro. Way too many. I know. <laughs> yeah. Like, give me Sky Bar. Just leave me at Sky Bar at oh. Auburn. I'll be fine. <laughs> I do love. Sky I'll Bar. find my way home. Oh my god. Oh, this is so fun. Like I, I know. Like so fucking fun. I can't believe we've literally been talking for like three hours now. But um I think we'll we'll like close out the episode. But before we do, do you have like we've you're 29, you've lived a little more life than we have, but do you have anything like looking back on like your early slash mid-20s that like you'd wanna tell your younger self or even girls our age? Like what what is your biggest piece of advice right now as you're moving into being 30? Mm, I would say that no is a complete sentence and saying no can be really empowering because then you can say yes to things you actually want to do instead of like being strapped to obligations all the time. Um, I would say that no one's thinking about you ever. Everyone is always thinking about themselves. So spend and it takes practice to not care what people think. You have to constantly remind yourself that it doesn't matter, but try to practice not caring because it gives you so much freedom to just Mm. be who you want, say what you want and not constantly like overthink things. Um, And with boys, I would say, I don't know. I mean, this is probably bad advice, but like, it's okay to, you know, be with fuck boys and maybe guys that don't care about you if it's okay with you like you learn a lot from them and 
it's fun and it's toxic and it's, you're not going to marry them, but it's a good story and you learn from them and grow from them. And it's also okay to just like have sex on the first date, have casual sex. If it's something that you want to do, like always, always do what you want and think less. I think about like what the guy is thinking about you. Like just Mm -hmm. try to be empowered with like your own choices and what you want for yourself. I would say. I love it. So Perfect. good. So good. Um, well, you guys, please go listen to our episode um, with yes. Sarah on Raw Intentions. Um, this was like such a fun podcast swapped. We're obsessed with you. Yes. Um, we- Same with y'all. Y'all are so inspiring. And I like, Aww. you keep saying like, oh, like, you know, like, you're so much better with words. Like y'all are so deeply intelligent and are doing everything right. And I really think you have no glass ceiling and I can totally see you guys podcasting full-time like you're incredible podcasters and have such a like resounding why and have such passion so I would just say like hold on to that because y'all have it more figured out than you think you do thank you Sarah that means means so much coming from you you are the best of course you're good podcast and thank you so much for having me on Thank yes, you for coming. Thank you, oh thank you for like initiating this. Like it's a dream. Obviously, really guys, is. we know I'm a I'm a fangirl, but now a friend of Sarah's. So. Yeah. <laughs> um, we're gonna go visit her in Denver and you can follow her on all of her socials. Is it raw will you just tell them what it is? Yeah, so my personal account is Sarah with an H R and then Smith with a Y. Um so Sarah R. Smith. My business is at raw underscore rebellious. And then my podcast is at Raw Intentions Podcast. Perfect. I love it. We love you so much. Will you just tell yes, the listeners? Lots of love. Will you tell the listeners love you bye? Because we make every guest do that. Of course. <laughs> love you bye. Love you bye. Love you bye. Love you, bye.